let's make it back up. Let's hope, let's pray, <laughs> and let's wedding sing. <laughs> okay, Jen, take us away. Oh, I wish I would have taken the time to think up like a bit, like a one, two, three, four, or something for like the wedding singer. But alas, I didn't think of anything creative. So here's our very regular and boring opening. Hello and welcome to You Should See the Other Guy, <laughs> the podcast where we watch a movie featuring a love triangle and tell you why whichever point of the love triangle chose another point to couple with did so poorly and should have gone with the other choice. And today, Samantha sadly is not with us, but I, Jennifer, and also young Sadie. Hello. Hello. <laughs> AKA probably one of the only Adam's Sandler apologists left alive <laughs> within the queer community. <laughs> and we are going to discuss the 1998 film about 1985, The Wedding Singer. Which is, first of all, that's such an interesting concept. Like 1998, let's see, from 1985 to 1998, that's like 13 years. So that would be like doing a period piece in like the mid 2000s. <laughs> Yeah, Isn't that, that seems funny? strangely close still, like that it's not that that far yeah. away. <laughs> like it would be 2009, right? Are my calculations correct? I think you, I believe you are correct. Like that's such an interesting and- <laughs> thing. 2009, <laughs> and I think too, okay, so Justin watched part of this movie with me as well. And was looking up uh, their ages, which I'm glad he thought to do. Our our uh, longstanding uh, interest in what ages these people are and what ages their characters are supposed to be on the podcast. Yeah, because I definitely wondered. Um, Adam Sandler looks to be like a you know late twenties. You know, like anyway, he apparently was 32 at the time of filming this. And okay. Drew Barrymore was 23. Okay. So that makes sense okay. to me because he looks kind of like, he he looks younger than, well, actually, Sadie, <laughs> this is the first Adam Sandler movie I have ever seen. Whoa. I, <laughs> this was, and you know, really? it is. I was sort of How like, did you manage to do that? I don't, you know. Like genuinely how? <laughs> so Adam, and it, it took me a, a little while to remember that I actually haven't seen an Adam Sandler movie because Adam Sandler has been so culturally ubiquitous, you know, throughout my lifetime yeah. that I just sort of feel like I know what's going on with him and his movies. But I think like, uh, so like some of his stuff was really popular, um, like with the kids at my, like my middle school and stuff. And like, people were always like, irritatingly quoting the water boy all the time and stuff. And so I think that that just like, I don't know, I felt like I had seen it. I, I didn't, yeah, I did not appreciate osmosis. the humor as like translated through a 13 year olds quoting it, you know, and usually the most offensive parts. So I didn't really consider myself a fan and then I didn't seek out more of his work. But but I am happy that this was the first Adam Sandler uh, piece that I experienced because while it did have, we, we certainly will discuss its flaws, but there was also a lot yeah. that I appreciated about it. Yeah, I like this is considered um, one of the, and I'll, I'm going to be completely transparent. I have not seen this movie because my dad, here's the thing. My dad has introduced me to like every other Adam Sandler movie. 
You know, like that was my, like my dad always watched Adam Sandler movies like Billy Madison. Um, uh, what are the other ones? Um, Happy Gilmore. That's the other Nikki, one. Yeah, people et cetera, et cetera. Um, and, and so I grew up on those movies and then my mom really didn't like Adam Sandler and my dad didn't really like rom-coms. So that overlap <laughs> meant that Wedding Singer was completely glossed over um, in oh. my lexicon. But I was really shocked. Can you hear Harriet trying to scrape? Excuse me, Adam. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, anyway, I I was really shocked when I learned that people actually really enjoyed this movie and thought that it was a really heartfelt rom-com. Because whenever I see Adam Sandler's face, I think of <laughs> movies like Little Nicky, so on and so forth. Um, even though, let me, I'm trying to think of what that one movie is where he is, um, it has Winona Ryder in it and, and he wins a million dollars or something. He comes into a, like a massive inheritance. That movie is also quite good. Um, if I can remember it. Um, Cause he did some other, I remember did he in do 50 first dates he did with Drew Barrymore as well. Right. Um, but yes, that was after yes, this. Did. So I guess like based on the chemistry from this movie and whatever, they, they decided to reteam up. Oh, Mr. Deeds and Mr. Deeds was a pretty good movie. I will say I liked Mr. Deeds, but uh, uh, separate <laughs> from that point, um, this was my first time watching it. And I also quite liked it. And again, there are some points that are just like kind of inescapable with, some of these earlier Adam Sandler movies, but I I don't know. Well, shall I actually describe the plot for those who haven't seen yes. it? Those who make it were like me and <laughs> were, were like Adam Sandler. We're like the both no. of us, the wedding singer. What the fuck is going on in this movie? <laughs> Well, um, so the the plot is very basic. It is set in 1985, and the main character Adam Sandler is Robbie Hart, and he it's set in New Jersey, and he's just a local wedding singer who used to aspire to become a uh, rock star, uh, but now he just he sings at weddings with his band, um, including let's see what is his name. Let's see, oh, I've got the um, IMDb right here. Hit me. We've got his uh, uh, yes, his Sammy. slightly older, yeah, like um, you know, creepy but ultimately good-hearted friend Sammy, who was one of my favorites yes. in the movie, based solely on his wardrobe and the way that Alan Covert carried that off. Props to you. Yes, <laughs> and then um, Alexis Arquette's uh, character, who is kind of like coded genderqueer in the movie. Um, yeah, I think George. she's supposed to be um, a boy George reference at the time. I got excited when she first popped up. I was like, oh my God, it's going to be a, a, like, is that Pete Burns? Because they were playing You Spin Me Right Round. But then, no, I think the name George gives it away and that they use he, him pronouns that Alexis's character is probably supposed to be like a, a local hometown boy George stan. Ah, uh, I see, I see. Um, and let's see, so he just has a, a standard little band that plays at weddings. Um, and he is going to be marrying the love of his life named Linda, um, like a week from when the, the plot starts. Um, but then he meets uh, Julia, who is a caterer. And so they kind of work the same circuit. And she's also going to be getting married to her fiance, Glenn, uh, in like a month or two months or whatever. Um, but not, again, to keep this uh, summary very short, 
Linda leaves him at the altar because she thinks that he has lost his ambition because he's happy being a wedding singer and just kind of staying in his own community. And so at first he's very upset. He goes to a wedding and is like drunk and is very heartbroken. And it's kind of very sad. <laughs> that scene. That I was will pretty say. brutal. Um, <laughs> he didn't really have yeah. to drag table nine into it like that. I think we could have, I could have felt a little more sympathetic to him if he had kept it personal, you know, and not uh, yeah. <laughs> externalized because onto other a- guests. <laughs> Yeah, there's a group of people who like look quote unquote like nerdy or something. And I was really hoping that one of them would be like, um, actually I'm happily married with like three children. Right? They're like, something. we're we're uh, a polycule, we're all here together. Yeah. Like- <laughs> <laughs> Which would have been I feel much funnier. But anyway, um, Julia just kind of becomes his really good friend during this. And so they get closer. And he's kind of starts to help her plan her wedding. And they just kind of, you know, do general antics and become really good friends. Uh, Did I mention that Julia is played by Drew Perrymore? She is Uh, Drew Perrymore. And let's see what else happens. He finds out that Glenn is kind of a total piece of shit. He constantly um, is cheating on her with other women. He really does not care at all about this wedding. He does not want a big wedding, which is what Julia wants. Um, he's just kind of an asshole. And so Robbie and Julia are completely oblivious to each other, start to really, you know, has develop feelings for one another. Um, but then genuinely, this is a big miscommunication film. <laughs> There's tons of miscommunication on both sides. Like if just to give you a quick example, there was a scene where Julia is standing in front of her window and she's wearing her wedding dress and she's pretending like she's getting married and she is pretending that she's getting married to Robbie, Adam Sandler's character. And so you see Adam Sandler's character walking up to her house and he sees her through the window and he doesn't see what she's saying. But she looks really happy in her wedding dress. And he was getting ready to say his feelings for her. But then he like sees that she's so happy, misunderstands, and then he goes home. So it's just <laughs> it's a bunch of miscommunication. Um, eventually, Julia, despite the fact that she is in love with Robbie, she really wants to go through with her marriage to Glenn. So she asks him to get on a plane to Las Vegas, get on a plane. Robbie chases her. He gets on the plane as well. He doesn't realize that they're on the same plane. Then he professes his love for her. Um, and then the end, it shows them getting married. And that is it. That is the end. And that really Jen? is the end. Like, I did sit through the whole credit, Sadie, because I definitely assumed there was going to be like some mid credits bloopers or cutesy scenes or something. It just seems like it cried yeah. out for that, right? But unfortunately, that was the end was like freeze frame. They're married now. I know. I was wanting that too. But I, I, I genuinely liked this movie. Like, obviously, there was the like very stereotypical fat phobia um not not outward homophobia as much as i was expecting or transphobia towards alexis arquette's character as i was maybe expecting when i first saw her on my screen i was really worried 
And there was a little bit of just like, mm, but not as bad as it yeah. could be. It was kind of, it, I thought, Sadie, I had the exact same feeling. It was sort of like I, I was braced, like expecting the worst. And then it was like, well, not so bad. But I mean, then there were also points that you can't really yeah. commend it for being, you know, they had another weird joke about a, the woman with sideburns or something. That Again, in that yeah. terrible scene where he's going off like at the, <laughs> I don't know why nobody he took the microphone away from him. George, get in there. Like, what? I know. <laughs> don't, don't let you your friend take, take his career team, like this. Girl, like, I, it was one of those things where, like, I definitely expected worse and I hoped for better. And so it kind of evened out. Yeah. But George really wasn't a main character in any way. Like, I don't even think that they had any, like, normal speaking lines. Like, they sang, but there was no, yeah. like, actual George dialogue. Was, well, I mean, like, okay. So Alexis Arquette's. Um, pronouns are she, her, and they used he, him for George in the movie. So I'm, I don't want to get myself tripped up like talking. But anyway, but I was pleased to see. I'm using they, them for George because I feel like the character is gender I feel queer. like if like, George in 1985, like- what in the universe of this movie, if George had known that like they, them pronouns were an option, yes. they probably would have gone with that. Okay. So respectfully with trying our best to treat George as we hope George would want to be treated we are going to use they them for the duration of this discussion okay but uh i was pleased to see that george definitely was never portrayed as was never like um you know joked about in the friend group or anything was clearly like was there for the wedding dress shopping is in all the scenes you know like they're really like wound into the friend community but then it was kind of weird because they would have scenes where the the audiences would get upset with george's performance when they they would take over on the mic from Robbie. And the joke was because it was that George only knew one song and it was that boy, George, do you really want to hurt me song? But then it was sort of yeah. like, I don't know, still the visual of like people sneering, you know, sneering in that those parts kind of made me a little like, yeah. let's not repeat this. Exactly. I, I, I we won't uh, talk about George very uh, a ton more because that's kind they of all like, that they're the there for. Yeah, like, but they looked fab. <laughs> <laughs> Their outfits were great yeah. and probably more. Uh, okay, we need to take a beat, Sadie, to talk about the costuming because I, I actually really, oh my, appreciated goodness. this. Like, so everybody else in the movie, right, looks like they've been invited to an '80s themed party in 1998 you know like but like efforts are made there are like those sort of you know like permed mullety looks like Sandler keeps that haircut through the entire movie you know like uh Sammy's outfits are great Christina Applegate who was in there as um she's Drew Barrymore's friend Uh, let me see what her name her character's name is Holly uh, she looks she looks pretty 80s throughout and everything. So so they're doing a pretty good job, right? Like and they're like it looks costumey, not very like uh, you know genuine necessarily, but in a fun way that I think really works for the movie. And then there is Drew Barrymore, anachronistically beamed in from like a, the cover of Teen Magazine in 1998. It is amazing, yes. and it, it kind of explained to me, Sadie, retroactively because this was like like. 1997, I think, was the year I was allowed to purchase my first teen magazine and like buy a little bit of makeup to play with and stuff, you know. So I was very clued in to whatever the aesthetic makeup trends 
of that time were. And that like lavender eyeshadow with the blue mascara and her butterflies that she's wearing on so many oh clothing in this and like her haircut. That is like the look of like what like tweens and early teens were desperate to look like in 1998. And so it's funny to like see it coming from this movie because I can sort of see their logic in that they wanted her character to look appealing to a contemporary audience at the time. But then they would sort of give the nod to the eighties with like the colors of her eyeshadow and stuff, you know, but then they had her in those like 1998 boots. Anyway, I thought it was hilarious, but also delightful. So just seeing her in her like time traveler clothes. (laughs) I thought that they could have like leaned a little bit more into like the more pretty elements of like fashion in the 80s, like not so much the cost, like the over the top. (laughs) crazy like like drew barrymore can keep her hair whatever that's fine you know but i would have appreciated you know maybe like a a mom jean or something every once in a while i it's definitely adam sandler and her are the least over the top characters like he has the mullet and like that's a look honestly i think he looks pretty good yeah i think he looks i was kind of surprised Um, like that how appealing that i found adam sandler in this movie it (laughs) i was not expecting it going in yes i love i honestly found like his dialogue between the dialogue between robbie and linda the woman who leaves him at the altar um to be really like refreshing because it's not like you dumb you mean whore etc etc like there's just this part where she's like i I can maybe learn to live with you being a wedding singer. And he's like, I don't want you to have to learn to live with who I am. You know, like I I I found that their dialogue was actually very like introspective. Yeah. You know, like it, it was really refreshing. And also I, I think that he just genuinely likes the concept of, of marriage and like he wants to settle down with someone, but it never felt like he was marrying Julia just to have a wife. Yeah. I think that they balanced a lot of that really nice elements. I think that he was marrying Linda because he wanted a wife. Same. Um, I think I, I felt the same way. Linda and like props to that actor who played her as well. Angela Featherstone. You were amazing. She did look like a, like Pauline Porzkova on the cover of a Cars album kind of like she sort of brought a shot of glamour in like that extremely tacky 80s way into the proceedings but yeah that was clearly and I think that even though it was just there was not a lot of time to develop that relationship it was very effective as a sketch of that type of relationship that I think a lot of people probably go through around that you know the age that Robbie and Linda are supposed to be there where they got together when they were being wild in their 20s and that's what appealed to um, Linda about Robbie is you know she wanted like rock star like you know 25 year old Robbie out like you know boozing it up after the show every night and stuff and Robbie doesn't want that anymore (laughs) he's ready to settle down and it's kind of you know, they're sort of diverging there. And I guess that that's why. Yes. Yeah. He just wanted to marry her because they'd been together for so long. And, you know, he, he was ready for that stage of life. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> poorly and for our mission also today. Like, oh, you go first. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to say very quickly, I think it also makes a lot of sense. Like, I think that their ages make a lot of sense for everyone because, 
We have Robbie, who is in his very early 30s. So he's still, you know, he's still in that age where he's figuring himself out, you know, but he's in his 30s. He feels like, you know, this is the time when he wants to be settling down. He wants to have a partner, all of his stuff, right? And like, he's kind of settled into his career of like this, like I'm a wedding singer. Like, I like doing this. This is what I've been doing for many, for several years, And then we have Drew Barrymore's character. She's 23. If we match, you know, the characters' ages to the actors, she's 23. She's not that different in age to Robbie, but there's still like, she's more of like naive a little bit. Like, this is kind of what I'm supposed to be doing. I think that I'm in love with Glenn, but she's still not young. She's... She's at that age where she can still kind of be manipulated by the right kind of terrible person. (laughs) Um, And that person is is awful. Um, Who is, I'm kind of imagining that Glenn is probably in his mid to late 30s, perhaps. Oh, I actually just did the math a minute ago, Sadie, uh, while you were, I was curious about this, looking at the IMDP picture of of Glenn's Uh actor here. Yeah, and he would have been 35, um, going on 36. Okay, yeah. He looks definitely like, I wouldn't even give him early 30s there. And maybe also it's because he's styled to look like, you know, yuppies of my parents' age back in that era, you know, but he looks looks notably so, they don't yes. they don't look like a match he looks way older their styles don't vibe at all like i don't <laughs> and he looks like like you can imagine that he's at that age where maybe his mom is like we'll give you inheritance if you get married all these different things so he can see the benefits of having a wife a pushover mm-hmm. wife a wife that he can manipulate um but he doesn't want to let go of being an asshole. <laughs> so like, I <laughs> yeah. feel like it all tracks, you know, for each of the characters. Um, and yeah, I mean, Jen, did you like, did you finish the movie and think like, yeah, I could see them being together? Long-term? I would say, okay, my major problem with the movie and I see why, I guess in some, I, I see why they ended up casting Drew Barrymore because she's magnetic. You know, yeah. she just is, that era of Drew Barrymore in rom-coms is incredible. She just kind of will stand there and like simper, you know, at the other character off screen. And then you're like, I'm kind of in love with her just watching it, you know? So I assume that like the chemistry, yeah. you know, like I think I really like the chemistry of her and Adam Sandler together. They seemed like they definitely had a lot of fun making the movie you know but whereas like I don't she just she does look looking at it if I had seen this movie for the first time when it was released when I was in middle school this would not have been on my radar at all obviously but looking back from at it like while I'm in my mid-30s she looks so young (laughs) that it kind of uh you know I'm sort of like oh like and I'm in and it uh it's not so bad between Julie and Robbie like there's not um, well first of all because he actually respects her as a human being and but there there's not a sharp like financial power imbalance either like there is with her and Glenn you know but I guess it was like maybe um, I'm harping on her youth a little bit but what I'm actually trying to work my way around to is, is that 
I think like all these other characters we've been talking about are pretty well sketched. You know, you see each of their paths and kind of where they've come from and like what they're, you know, how that's conflicting with their current desires and where they're trying to get to and whatnot. But Julia is just kind of, she's kind of a cipher. She's sort of there, you know, <laughs> I guess for everybody else's feelings to reflect around or whatever, because uh, Drew Barrymore does a great yeah. job with the acting. Like I feel her emotion and her, you know, that she doesn't really know why she wants to be with Glenn anymore, but she feels obligated and, uh, you know, like this is what she should be doing. And then as that falls apart and stuff, but yeah, she's sort of the, she came in from out of town to marry Glenn. She has no connections. She's just, you know, they're smiling at everybody and that's really all there is to Julia. So, so I props to Drew Barrymore for like giving her a, a sensation of more substance. Whereas I think that was, is the movie's major flaw to me is in Julia's mm-hmm. writing. Yeah. And I, the one thing that I will also say that kind of took me out of it was sometimes, and again, this isn't necessarily a critique because this is just his style, but sometimes you can really see like the Adam Sandler-ness mm-hmm. <laughs> come out. Like whenever he kind of like yells, like that's very specific, you yeah. know what I'm talking about? That very specific type of yelling that Adam Sandler does. It it, it would take me out of it for like a minute <laughs> Yes, Like I was just like, Because oh, it's like, what is this? Like Robbie, this like sweet, well-meaning wedding singer who is trying his best would suddenly like snap and do the Adam Sandler yell. It was like, what? That was a little jarring. (laughs) It's like, I just feel like it would have been interesting to see Adam Sandler really kind of use his humor in a different way. Cause I thought that, that Robbie was very funny. Like I thought that this was a funny movie, but that moment well, I've never really found that particularly funny, that thing that he does. But it was always just like, this doesn't fit the character. And I think that if they had thought about it more than just like, oh, yeah, I do this. Like, I do this in every movie. Why wouldn't I do it now? It's like, that doesn't fit the character. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I wish that they had thought about that a little bit because it took me out of it. And I was just like, oh, this is Adam. That Zimmer. would sort of come <laughs> I in forgot. Um, part and um, parcel, too. With the, There was a I, I didn't like the line of humor they would do about they would keep harping on, oh, he's going to have to go to the mental institution. They would bring in some kid off like the side of frame to say that like every he like does the yell and it's like, okay, I was trying to like parse together because I was like, okay, this seems very typical of like 80s humor. They would like make like gross mental health yeah. jokes. And by 1998, was that still the thing? Or is this like a purposeful? I mean, well, <laughs> you're right. <laughs> Duh. That's <laughs> of obvious. Course. But I was like, I was still trying to intellectualize it more. I was like, are they trying to call out to the humor of the 80s with yeah. this? Like, I didn't want to just like accept it as like no. a face value. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, if you think about Adam Sandler movies that were made way after this one, like I think Little Nicky came out in like 2004 or something. Like that is oh, whoa, like, yeah. egregious. Or like Waterboy also like egregious yeah (laughs) you know um like an affront (laughs) to to i i would argue every single marginalized community ever that has ever existed um so i think that that was just little bits of that seeping through because also like you can kind of see like a lot of his regulars like um sammy's actor is in most of his movies and um 
There's quite a few. The old lady is also in a lot of his movies. Oh God! I did. You know, um, she she is a little cutie, and I liked her little singing scene at the end. But I yeah. had to like close my eyes and go disappear into my phone screen for a few minutes when they did that scene with the meatballs. Ugh, that is like not. I did not want to watch him <laughs> like have to hold a meatball in his hands. <laughs> fair, fair, but. But Jen, so did you have any other guy, other girl, other individuals? Well, well, to well. Pitch? okay, I have. Well, I've got my I've got the one I'll save for the grand finale, I guess here. But uh, I okay. want to take this opportunity to talk for a moment further about um, Holly, about the Christina Applegate friend. Um, I yes. did. I liked her. And I, you know, it was this movie does actually. And that's one of the things I appreciated about it that is actually terrible for the purposes of our podcast, though, is that it this movie didn't really it took care to not set up the other guy situation that strongly, you know, and I, I think that was really why. Yeah of it like on a uh, on a likability front because the premise is you've got two characters who are engaged to other people falling for each other you know while they're you know even after he's available she's not for the the book well shit till the end of the movie so so it's kind of i was sort of like how is this gonna work when the movie started but they did such a great job by making glenn so horrible like you cannot root for him no way and then i felt a little bit though for because holly's only problem was that she came into the picture she she tries to go on a date with robbie at one point but he's just not into it because because he's already head over heels for Julia and he can't, you know, even mm-hmm. think about anybody else by then. So it's sort of like, oh, the timing's bad there. So I guess the implication there was they were going to kind of pair up um, Holly and Sammy at the end. Uh, and I like them. I I hope that mm-hmm. things go well for them if that happens. Yeah, that may. I, I think that I wish that they had had maybe a little bit more of Sammy Sammy after the yeah, rehab arc. They kind of give him, they make him kind of be the skeezer through like most of the movie. And then they like. Yeah, like he's lovable, but he's also kind of yeah. skeezy a little bit, you know. And that's kind of how they um, tried to frame Holly too, but it does not come off the same watching it from 2022 eyes. When you see the Glenn character yeah. like slut shaming Holly, it's like, no, her, you know, having like casual sex when she goes out on dates is not on the level of like what Sammy's weird manipulations to try to get sex from women who, you know, wouldn't yeah. otherwise be interested. I don't, it, <laughs> yeah, not a, <laughs> that didn't hold up quite so well. Um, yeah, you know, I, I'm trying to think of a good other person scenario. But I, I mean, I think that this movie does such a good job of just like convincing you that they actually like genuinely like each other's company. Yeah. Um, I I think that has got to be down to like, just chemistry between the actors, right? Because most of what sold that for me wasn't even what was written. It was just they just 
seem to beam in each other's presences, you know, they, they seem really comfortable and happy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that they've always had, I mean, 51st Dates, rough movie, would not watch it again, but they had really great chemistry there as well. Like, I think that they just kind of click. Um, Adam Sandler and Drew, Drew Barrymore. Um, let's see. I was going to say something else. Was, again, I just I, can't <laughs> kind of fathom how much I think that Adam Sandler was hot in this movie. <laughs> it's kind of... Like, of course, Drew Barrymore was hot. Of course. But, like, Adam Sandler. Wow. Like, maybe it's just because... Now, here's the thing. The mullet is back. That is true. The mullet is back in 2022. And the mullet is back for everyone, including me, emotionally. Because <laughs> I think that mullets are very, attra- are very attractive on people. Um, and so, Adam Sandler's whole style in this movie was right up my alley um yeah gosh i guess the mullet i'm i'm starting yeah. i'm appreciating the mullet for the first time really sadie because i sort of I, I was born in the year in which this movie is set so i was too young to remember like the glory of like permed curly queer mullets in the 80s right and then by yeah. the 90s mullets were all like billy ray cyrus like big white pickup truck country singer yeah types you know and like yeah (laughs) like little kids who'd come to school and they're like gym shorts and cowboy boots and like you know who probably grew up to appreciate the humor of of water boy or whatever a few years later so yeah (laughs) so yeah this is like this is my first time getting good associations with a mullet so this was really the right time to watch this movie like i think it hit my eyes in a way that any time before 2022 i might not have received it in the same fashion so my question to you is would you ever consider getting a mullet Mm, like a tasteful one i don't know i don't know if i'm there yet it used to drive me nuts when i wore my hair short in a pixie cut whenever my hair would grow down to like tickle my neck you know because it grows like faster in the back so i would always keep that trimmed really fast i don't know i sometimes um my my hair texture has changed a lot since i moved um to arizona from tennessee i guess because the climate and the water and whatever and uh, sometimes I think about yeah. bangs now. That's sort of a, a form of a mullet. I don't know. Ooh. I would do. I would do a shag. I don't know if I would. I would fully do a mullet. But I certainly I support mullets yeah. on many others. I I would agree. I don't think that I really have the face shape. I, I don't think that mullets are really the vibe that I really want to present to the world. If that makes sense. Like I I want to keep it. I want to keep it uh, high fem. Yeah. <laughs> In general. Um, But I love the look of a mullet on people. Like, it's really... At first, I wasn't sold. Like, at first, I was, dare I even say, anti-mullet. But... um, God, though. It's taken a hit uh, again. Well, I... (laughs) Um, probably good for our runtime today and everybody's interest level who's not keeping up with the season of The Bachelorette, which I'm not watching because it's turned out to be so atrocious. But anyway, uh, I, ha- I haven't touched base with Samantha about it. I don't know if she's following the gossip, but one of the the winners of this double Bachelorette season, one who got picked by the lead, has a curly mullet, but he appears to be of the, the bad 90s mullet racist uh, sort. <laughs> Rather than the fun, awesome, you know, queer dirtbag aesthetic, uh, but actually take showers type of mullet that we'd love to see in the world. So, 
So I guess the mullet is like back across the board for good and ill. Yeah. But Adam Sandler's in this definitely a net good. But I will like say- this is like this is a solid A score mullet. He he looks really good in it. And I love that. Yeah. Like those leather he jackets looks- they wear. Like you should he- I, like I guess he still does wear kind Dare of like I large say- shoulders leather jackets a lot, but it doesn't look as good with his short hair. He needs he the he needs the height and volume of the mullet back. Yes. And dare I say, he looks, he's giving, <laughs> he's giving kind of femboy <laughs> a little bit. Adam Sandler's like femboy era. So, Adam, Sa- that needs to be the title of, the, well, I know that the title just has to be Wedding Singer. I'm going to write that down. Where's my pen and paper? Um, but I feel like Adam Sandler looks like he would be such a tender, a tender boyfriend. Yeah, you know? and that's kind of why he has to be with Julia in this because I don't think that would work. Like for even Holly, I mean, yeah, everybody wants. Some I think they're both so naive, but yeah, like all they like, are literally in the same way. They are gonna like like make pleasant, gentle love to one another, and they are gonna bake cookies. And they're just gonna like everything's gonna smell like fresh laundry all the time, and they're gonna have an amazing life together. But they seem very matched yeah. in that in a way that many of the other characters this movie like. I don't know how long they could live that life. Like Linda was out clearly already. <laughs> she, yeah. Yeah. And I, I wouldn't pair Linda with Glenn because I think that Linda isn't, no one yeah. deserves Glenn. <laughs> Linda, you know, or, or therefore, like, Glenn Here's deserves no what one. We, but. Okay. So I've been saving my other guy. I didn't really know who I was going to pair him up with, but so obvious oh, yes. Linda yes. needs to be with Billy Idol. That's it. Oh my God. <laughs> so Billy Idol shows up at the oh, end of this God. movie. It's the, <laughs> I saw his name in the credits and I was expecting just like a small cameo, but they really like, like got their money's worth out He's of Billy in Idol. It, in it. Yeah. So when Adam Sandler is trying to fly to um, Vegas to intercept, Julia's decided that she's going to just go and marry Glenn because she's upset. She thinks that Robbie is back with Linda. And she's lost the chance there. And, and she's angry and just reacting, basically. So so Robbie is trying to chase Julia to Vegas to find her and stop the wedding to gross cheater Glenn before it happens and confess his feelings. But to get on the flight, like the only flight that's left for the day, he ends up like borrowing Sammy's credit card. He's got a, uh, he has to get a seat in first class. And apparently when you're in first class, not only do you get served free champagne, but you might meet Billy Idol, who will then join your side in your love quest and then you find out that the girl of your dreams is on the same plane and Billy Idol will take a, a little flight attendant's cart and bash your love rival out of the way to the back of the plane for you. Amazing. Incredible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But Linda's into the rock and oh roll God. lifestyle. Billy Idol was clearly looking to hook up. He was even kind of making eyes at Julia knowing that Robbie was about to make his play. Um, and this is kind of the, you know, they're playing 1985, but it's obviously the Billy Idol of 1998 playing Billy Idol of 1985, which is funny in and of itself. And anyway, he was delightful and yeah. I love seeing him turn up in the movie. So that's my, <laughs> I was that's my new shit. Like, is Linda in him. <laughs> like what Billy Idol looked like in 1985 and if that tracked. He to- was fucking hot in the 80s. Like, I'm going to look that up right it now. It was kind of a surprise to me as Actually. an adult because, you know, I was like, when you're a little ass kid, like so anything that's just sort of the background like that, you don't notice. Like, <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. Billy Idol was pretty. He looks a lot like uh, Spike. Yeah, that like Buffy. Spike is like definitely styled to look like Billy Idol at the. <laughs> yeah, 
God. I did. They did have some wedding reception action. I was expected. I was a little, I was like, hell yeah. Another like wedding movie after we did um, the one with Maya Erskine and uh, uh, Jack. I'm looking at his dad's face in my mind. Oh, yeah. Yes, uh, after we one. did plus one. Yeah. And so this one wasn't actually maybe as wedding-y as that. But um, where the fuck was I going? Oh, yeah. I was thinking again about past wedding memories. I've only ever been, I think, to one like bachelorette-specific experience. And this is back in like 2009. Because everybody else that I've known who's gotten married like has done just like a joint thing, you know, like self-included, like had a little party for all the friends or whatever and not split off like, I don't know, by gendered lines or whatever. But anyway, the one that I went to uh-huh. was really fun because we went to this 80s bar that had its own Billy Idol impersonator. Amazing. Like, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> and like, I wonder how like that even happens. Like, do you just know that your calling is to be a Billy Idol impersonator? Like, how do you, did the bar, like they were already like, <laughs> oh my God, <laughs> we've got to have this. Like, do they have a roster of like I- impersonators or just him? I don't know, but it was awesome. In the most recent season of Glow Up, that show on Netflix, the makeup Mm -hmm. competition show, there is a contestant who he was like, I'm from like a family of performers. He was like, my uncle is a like, I don't know, like a um, an Elvis impersonator. My grandpa is a Cary Grant impersonator. My aunt is a Princess Diana (laughs) impersonator. Like he's going through like this whole lit and I'm like, how do you have so many celebrity impersonators in one family? Because you think you need like a pretty strong baseline level of resemblance just to start from, you know, <laughs> wouldn't you? Yeah. I don't know. I did. I also have met an Elvis but, impersonator but named called Melvis who looked nothing like Elvis, but had oh my God. such charisma. Oh, Melvis. <laughs> It's 50% yeah. charisma. And um, this is completely unrelated, but I guess this is pointless. I was going to ask you, Jen, what your second, what your favorite Adam Sandler movie was oh, like, prior to I'm watching out. this movie. I'm out. But, I can't I can't answer anything. Let's see. I did watch, yeah. I've watched one scene from Uncut Gems on YouTube back early this year when Julia Fox exploded onto the celebrity yeah. gossip scene and I wanted to see who the fuck she was. I looked it up and watched that. Um, but yeah, I guess that's it. Oh my God. Uncut Gen. I saw that movie with my parents. <laughs> and when we left, when we left, we were silent. And then my dad just says, I have never been more stressed <laughs> seeing a movie. And I was sweating. Like I was actively, like I took a shower when I got home. I was so sweaty. <laughs> from like That's fear it. of that movie uh so top five <laughs> for sure um i also really enjoy mr deeds i would probably say that that's my uh, honestly i would put this probably at number one if i'm so bold as to i think that they tie i really enjoy mr deeds i think that that has like it's adam sandler comedy but it really works a lot better in my like it's genuinely very funny um, and there's only like, I don't know, it's probably the least offensive. <laughs> of, Thank of you actually for specifying that. Because I was just thinking that like, I would, I would be very, I would be willing to look into watching Mr. Deeds in future after, after this, I, because 
I, I feel like I was, because it's yeah, also a and, and I didn't expect, I, right. I, I wasn't given Adam Sandler enough credit, I guess, going in thinking, I thought that this was going to be more what I expected based on learning about Adam Sandler movies from 14 year old boys in 1998, yeah. you know? Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, there was enough, you know, there was, a, I, I feel like I've, we're kind of harping on, um, like we, you know, I, I do that a lot on this podcast when like, I like a movie, but then it's like, not like, I don't know, super A plus, like uh, the, the trophy is shined perfection on every level. I want to like show my affection by like picking at the parts that aren't perfect and like how they could be improved. But this movie, like the look yes. of it is bright and cheerful um, with the exception of course, of the, the cringy parts of the humor that we would rather have just edited right out of there. Like, you know, the pacing is fun. It keeps yes. it moving. The soundtrack is amazing. And I, I think that's probably why you wanted to set yeah. this in 1985 was just to use all of those songs. Um, and yeah, it was fun. Uh, the ending on the plane with, Billy Idol really like I, I was like hell yeah like <laughs> I left this movie feeling good my my biggest complaint after that finale was that they didn't have some some blooper scenes in the mid credits with Billy Idol because <laughs> I wanted more because you know that they had yes, bloopers you know yeah. it's a whole like set full of comedians like running around out there there had to have been some I might look that up on YouTube <laughs> once we finished here yeah I think that they could and I think that they could have done something fun that didn't even have them like so, like I it would have been fun if they had like their son or daughter like at their bat mitzvah or their bar mitzvah and like there's like a singer or something and they're like they have a first dance I don't know they could have done something to kind of yeah. wrap them up it really was like it ended something. like they were walking down the aisle and then it's like boom they're married now and it's like damn they haven't even had a chance yeah to- it was a <laughs> it was a kind of it was an abrupt it was an abrupt ending and it doesn't really imply that they got married like immediately but it's still like damn I wish that I had seen more. I was left wanting. Um, I feel like we accidentally kind of rated, but Jen, would you like to rate? Would you like to? Say again. You actually blooped out like a robot there and went gray really fast and I could not hear (laughs) what you said. Oh God. Um, What did I say? I said, I think we accidentally kind of just rated ourselves. So would you you like to rate? Let's think of our objects for uh, rating here. Let's see. Uh, we just talked about mullets too much. I'm oh gonna give it. I'm gonna give it three and a half mullets out of five. Well, I, I'm torn. I want to give it like that. Now yeah. that I've been talking about the Billy Idol finish and stuff, I'm bumping it up to three and a half. I think I rolled in here thinking more three. If if I think about the the dated jokes that sort of punch down and don't work, which are not yeah. a huge focus of the movie and just sort of unfortunately pop up at times to kind of take you out of it. I would, I would take away the half mullet, but Billy Idol comes in and yeah. we get another half of the mullet on the end. So that's the, <laughs> that's my scale there. Three to three and a half. I will give, uh, yeah, I'll give it 3.75, maybe four 
I, uh, I'll give it 3.75. I'm taking off a 0.25 because purely because of the Adam Sandler yell that was uh, imbued throughout. And then the final point off just because of general fat phobia and yeah. some mild <laughs> and uh, that weird scene um, with the, that is unavoidable in an Adam where Sandler he like film, gets her to but. dance with a 13 year old who grabs her butt. And then like, they kind of play it off because then everybody starts butt grabbing. But I was like, ah, no, this yes. is not the way to raise this child's self esteem. Like, <laughs> so it ha- it's, it's just weird. Yeah. It, it was kind of a, if you're going to, so if if you like us, if, if you had never seen The Wedding Singer before and you choose to do so after this, just go in knowing that it's a little bit of a mixed bag. Like you're like having a good time. You're like eating a fun snack. But then like sometimes like there's a weird jagged nut in there that's going to like cut your gum a little bit. But yeah. <laughs> but on the whole, like really I tasty. thought that the scene was was very cute up until I thought that that scene was really cute up until um, uh oh, my mom is calling. Sadie's mom. I'm busy, mom. I'm not. Mom, I'm talking about the wedding scene. Uh, but anyway, I know. Um, but what was I saying? I thought that that scene was really cute up until yeah. he grabbed her ass. Prior to that, I thought that it was really cute. And I, I thought that it was nice that she, like, that, he, you know, they kind of, like, worked it out that she would pick the little boy. Yeah. Um, I thought it was very ironic that it's implied that this little boy is being bullied because he is uh, not thin. He's plus size. Um, When Adam Sandler was making like very mean comments to some of the plus size members of the audience earlier when he was having that mental breakdown, I was like, well, which isn't my guy? (laughs) Do you think that the boy should be happy with himself? Or do you think that he's like love stinks and he's never going to have it? Yeah. So, uh, Yeah. Oh, and of course I had like, I don't know, like being a, a middle schooler at the age when this was released, this was like hardly the only piece of media that was suggesting that the reward for a little boys being a decent person was going to be sexual access to hot babe adult women, you know, <laughs> so yeah. that, that, you know, the whole entire history of that kind of hit me in that moment, which is a bummer because her outfit was so cute. The song and so cute. Jen- Love the song he wrote for her about growing old and bringing her a Fosamax or whatever and like <laughs> Jen let's see what uh, what songs should audiences sing at our <laughs> well <wedding? laughs> podcast if you our podcast's wedding hopefully i try don't really want to hurt us uh you can you can find us online and talk to us on twitter at yssTOG or send us an email at uh yssTOG podcast at gmail.com which we do not check very often but we get really excited on the occasions that we do dm (laughs) us on twitter yeah you should go to twitter (laughs) and tell us that you send us an email and then we'll go check the email and we'll be very happy about it <laughs> you can yeah. also help us uh, pay to continue streaming all of these movies on our patreon.com slash YSSTOG. And we've got some different tiers on there for like three bucks a month. Um, you can join our Discord server and talk to us about stuff like this and uh, and there's some other tiers with cool rewards, like Sadie makes you a cool playlist. And at the tippy top tier, you can even select a movie for us to watch and discuss. Ah, ahem, 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 ahem. Oh, God. What's new in notes? I just updated to iOS 16. <laughs> ah. 
I would like to thank our lovely, wonderful Patreons. Logan, Logan Mayonnaise, Andrew, Althea, Xenalon, Sharon, Justin, Evan, Liz, Brittany, Ace, Mara, Ramey of the Void, Heartleaf, Ave with Teeth, Hadas, Ryan, Maddie, Abby, Brian, Carolyn, and Brianna. We love you all so very much. And if for whatever reason you decided to leave us at the altar in an alternate universe where we are Adam Sandler... Uh, we would forgive you and we would take you back in an instant, even if you didn't believe yeah. in our dream. Of and being we like singer. wouldn't be fat phobic and transphobic in our breakdown either when we were screaming about it afterwards. <laughs> yeah, Robbie Hart. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>